Oh, hello. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is my show. I'm glad you're here. So here we are. This is episode 300. Six straight years of podcasting every Monday and now every Friday. A podcast that started before I even knew how to record a podcast or even owned microphones. And after 300 episodes, 300 interviews, 300 check-ins, and 300 things that we've done together over the years, because let's be honest, we all do something when we're listening to a podcast, I was faced with a choice. Do what we've always done, or grow and change the show, just as I have grown and changed since we began. So when I started this podcast, I was at the very beginning of doing a 10-week work contract on the first season of The Bachelor Australia before jetting back to Los Angeles where I was busy writing formats and, and pitching to networks, continuing my hunt for TV work there, which in the end went for 10 years. Back then I was single, not long divorced. I just started the long, slow slide that would eventually see me slip into episodes of psychosis, which manifested as paranoid delusions. And here we are six years later, and I'm very, very employed. I'm very, very happily married. And I've been on heaps of meds. I've been off all of my meds. And now after a year and a half off meds, I'm back on meds again as we welcome the new member of our family, our son Wolfgang, who you can probably hear in the background. Uh, Wolfie joins Audrey, Georgia, and I. And he did it just, I don't know, two and a half weeks ago now. This podcast went from me by myself just on a laptop, producing, booking, editing, creating the whole show, to now having many people that work on this show every week, including my audio producer, Andy Ma, and my show producer, Rachel Barrett, and my music producer, Toe Hider. To say I'm a different person now than when we started this show would be a fair thing to say. To say the show's different now to what it was then would also be a fair thing to say. What I want to get out of an interview with someone is different now to when I began this show. And as a result, I thought I'd ever so slightly change the name of the show to reflect that. And what's a new show name without a new theme song, eh? When I began, I had Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider, essentially write a heavy metal opera uh, as the opening song. You can listen to it if you listen to early episodes. It's preposterous. I love it. A few years later, I asked him to transform our theme song into a very funky vocal hook that even I sing along to when I listen to the show each week. And in a moment, you're going to hear our new theme song. I hope you enjoy the new direction. Let me know what you think. And welcome to episode 300 of the show. He needs us to keep it together and, and basically prepare him for life, whatever that looks like for him, the future. Mm. Because we can't fix all the problems in the world at all. That would be arrogant for us to think that we could. And you'll be you'll fight a losing battle there. But if you get him resilient, help, help him to become resilient and aware and kind, then hopefully he's prepared for adulthood and facing whatever comes his way. But right now, as long as he's got a boob or two, he's not fussy. He'll be happy. And that's what we can do, one day at a time. That is makeup artist, writer, mother of Georgia and Wolfgang, and my wife, Audrey Griffin. And this is episode 300 
of Better Than Yesterday with Osher Ginsberg. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg and this is episode 300 of the show, the triumphant return of my incredible wife, Audrey Griffin. You can find her on Instagram at Audrey Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-E-N. If you're new, welcome to the show. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Um, I'm a book writing, TV making, kettlebell swinging, teenage giving of a lifting, baby swaddling guy who lives in Sydney in Australia and this is my podcast a show that simply aims to help you hopefully make today a bit better than yesterday. There's 299 other episodes of the show. I hope you go and check them out. But all they all do what I've finally named this show to do. Um, they all come along with a bit of a guarantee. Guarantee that in the time you take to listen to this episode, something that you hear will help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. That's it. A big thanks to those who rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. I know many people listen on Google and listen to on Spotify, um, but it's the iTunes chart, which is the consistent metric for podcasts, it seems. So a big thank you to everybody that rated and reviewed the show. It's a massive deal if you can do that for us. Um, thank you very much to someone who wrote Footpath Closed uh, is their name. Um, Osha's podcast is a life lesson every week. His raw honesty and varied guests bring something new to the table. Thank you so much for that. Helen wrote, There was once a brilliant podcast. The ideas and good vibes were vast, made by a lovely fella and some great storytellers. Download it and listen now fast. <laughs> Helen, you're a poet. And Benny wrote, Osha's the best in the business, but behind every great man is a greater lady. He's damn right. Congrats on the new addition to the family. Keep on going, brother. Thank you so much for that. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for uh, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It does help a lot more people find the show. And um, if you help out with that as well, just let people know about the show. That's the, the very best thing it can do to us. Um, a big thanks to everyone who also sent in a podsy, which is a picture of where you listen to the show. Just use your phone or whatever device you're listening to the sign or take a photo and send it in. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com. Althea's listening at the top of Mount Hutt with a snowboard strapped to her feet and a cold beverage in the snow. Uh, that's in New Zealand. Thanks so much for that. Ella listening in a hostel in La Spezia, I think. The gateway to the Cinque Terre, I think. I can't speak Spanish or Italian. Or It's Italian. Uh, she's in Italy. She's in a youth hostel there, and she picked up a copy of my book, which was in the book swap pile there, and the copy looks like it's been around the world, which it is. It's on the other side of the world, and now it's going with her through Spain, which is pretty excellent. And Helen is taking, uh, listening to the show, taking a ferry across Sydney Harbour to Manly to enjoy the sunsets. Thanks, thank you so much for sending those over. Send us your email at gmail.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So let me tell you about my guest today. Um... In the lead up to episode 300, I asked you who you wanted on the show for the 300th episode, and the overwhelming response told me just one name. Audrey Griffin is a hair and makeup artist and writer from Sydney, Australia. She's also my wife. Currently, Audrey is um, breastfeeding behind me, but she's also writing a weekly column that's going gangbusters over at Yahoo Lifestyle. You can find links to those articles on her Instagram profile at Audrey Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-E-N. If you want the story of how she and I met, um, I wrote about that in my book, And but I thoroughly encourage you to check out the first chat that we had together about a year ago, episode 250. Just scroll down through the podcast feed and you'll find it there. And just a little over two weeks ago, Audrey gave birth to her second child, our son Wolfgang, who joins Georgia and I in our family. Today, we talk all about it. We talk about the pregnancy. We talk about the things they don't tell you about the pregnancy. None of the books told us some stuff that happened. They don't, what they don't tell you about labor. We talk about the birth. And we talk about what on earth do we do now? I really hope you listen all the way to the very end of this episode because there's something very special waiting for you if you do. I'm very grateful to present to you episode 300. This is Audrey Griffin. He's out, honey. He's asleep. He's fast asleep. Yeah. What happened? I thought you wanted boot. He <laughs> did. I've just got the. Yeah. Let me take it. Do you want to sit down first, or? No, I can take You're it. You got it. I okay. The, I can do the two things at the same time. There you are, Wolfie. Yeah, the other one. Come here. Oh, jeez, you're cute. He is, isn't he? Yeah. I think it's deliberate too. I think it's deliberate that they make them look like you're the father. So oh, they look like the mother as far as I'm concerned. No, he looks like you. Look at his mouth and his chin. And He's got your eyes. Everything. Yeah, look, that's the only tribute to me. Everything else is you. It's so that you don't leave. <laughs> um. Right. Well, someone's fast asleep, so let's enjoy that. Oh, nope. Hang on, is there uh There's some searching. Yeah, so what's it called? The rooting. Rooting. The rooting reflex. Okay. You are very cute because it's right in front of you and you go for my arm. Oh, it, literally. Don't go to sleep while it's there in your mouth. <laughs> Come on, buddy. She went to all that trouble to get it out. Put in the laundry. All right. Who wants to go to dog prison? You guys. Uh, um, is that close enough? Um, to me. Let me. 
difficult to get much closer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be alright. Hang on, let me just readjust. Andy can make some magic. Um, oh, sorry. Am I everybody. disturbing you? Uh, Dude, don't do that anymore. No. Ah. No. Go elsewhere. Ah, ah, ah. ah. Yeah, sorry. Laundry? Yeah, you get to go to dog prison. Oh, he knows it too. Yeah, because you you have to you can't walk with the intention, because he knows stuff. Oh, now you want to go on your oh, bed? No. Nah. There's a bit of a forage going on in there right now. Oh, great. Yeah. Good idea. Twice at least three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, episode 300 Yay, that's exciting Yeah Congratulations Congratulations to you I didn't do it Well, when I asked on the Facebook group Who who should be on the show The vast amount of people said it should be you and Baby Really? Not David Goggins or something like that? No But Goggins is pretty good Or, or you know But Goggins, Goggins can't podcast and breastfeed at the same time Which is what you're doing right now Right, well pretty good. Have you asked him if he can? <laughs> He'd probably say, you know what? I Any motherfucker that says they can, podcast and breastfeed, haven't fucking tried. That's what Goggins would say. Okay, right. He's got more energy than I do. <laughs> he does. He's like that, I think. So Wolfie's 10 days old. Is he? I thought he was 12. You're right, 12. It's all right. Just... Just parenting. It's all right. I've been calling him the dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's having a hard time. Lilo's fine. Lilo, the little dog, is fine. <sighs> Frankie's just precious. Frankie's just having a hard time adjusting to yet another creature that's not him in the house. Yes. Our little prince puppy. Isn't he? All right. Mm. He's just had to go to dog prison while you're breastfeeding because he doesn't know what's going on. No, he just wants to... He, he's, he's not that stupid. He just wants food. But he's figured out that if he makes a fuss, he gets a treat. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've been outwitted and outplayed. <laughs> by a dog. By a cavoodle. But I did think it was funny. When the nurse came for the home visit, she, she passed us the pamphlet of how to get your dog cool with a baby coming home. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's that much of a problem that they've had to make a pamphlet. Like, it's not even a pamphlet, it's a booklet. Mm. It's a short course. It would have been handy to have that maybe at the beginning. (laughs) You know, when you go in for your original, like, with your obstetrician or something, Mm. and they say, do you have pets? Yeah. Yeah. And Frank's fine. He's just just a knob. Yeah. Anyway. It was a... It's been a big month. Because while he's only two weeks old... um, Yes. His story goes back quite a bit, doesn't it? Nine months, babe. Oh, come on, honey. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know how babies show up... um, We're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you. (laughs) But you're listening to this on the internet. You'll probably find out a thing or two. That's not how babies come along. There are a lot of videos of people practising on the internet. (laughs) You're trying to block the boy's ears. No, I'm just... I'm just imagining things. I'm like, well, you don't get babies in that hole. No. 
how was it being pregnant another second time? Um, it was fairly similar to, I think it was a fairly similar pregnancy to George's when I was pregnant with Georgia in the sense that the first trimester was nausea but no vomiting, thank God, because nobody likes that, um, and wanting to eat. Oh, excuse this bottom. I'm not sure if the mic picks that up. I think it's pretty fantastic that we're getting a live, you know, breastfeed and poop session. But yeah. that's what babies are. They don't, there's a lot of stuff they don't tell you, which hopefully we'll cover today. Milk in, milk out. Yeah, basically. Mm. It's like Studio 54. One in, one out. Yeah. Or yeah. what's it? Northies. Northies. Yeah. At Cronulla. One in, one out. Oh, jeez. Mary Street Nightclub in Brisbane. I went to Northies while I was pregnant with Georgia. There you go. Yeah. Very large but still, you know, dedicated to my Sunday session. I wasn't drinking, obviously. Anyway, no, it was, um, I find that the pregnancy was very similar. I just don't, didn't have the energy and joints of a 23-year-old. They gave quite a name to the kind of pregnancy you had, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Pretty sure a man came up with it. Geriatric pregnancy. Oh, jeez. That, that you know what? That's not that's not nice. Nobody needs to be labelled as a geriatric at thirty eight. Yeah. How's that make you feel? It's a geriatric pregnancy. Well, it pissed me off. Obviously, I think it pisses everyone off that's over the age of thirty five and happens to fall pregnant, which is a lot of people nowadays. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. But being over the age of thirty five and being pregnant. You get the looks from the obstetrician going, okay, you know, the risks of such and such a developmental or genetic um, or chromosomal abnormality popping yeah. up are higher now, so you've got to get some tests. And Yeah. We had some pretty serious talks, didn't we? Yeah. Well, it's good. That it's better to have the talk than not, not talk about it and then suddenly be facing something and neither of us are prepared. <laughs> And yeah. discovering where we sit, yeah. where each other sits at that point. Yeah, it's way too late. Yeah, because there's, you know, and that's, I guess that is part of being a geriatric mum, <laughs> is you bring the risks with it. It it was confronting. I found it really confronting. When was the first blood test? The um, free-floating fetal, because it was like an FFF. DNA. Is it 12 or 13 weeks, something yeah. like that? Yeah. And we had to wait a couple of days for that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also disco- um, they also found out the sex as well. Yeah. But that was interesting is they did give us the option. They said, okay, we can give you three levels of information. Like, for example, I'm just going to make this up. Do you want to know if it's if the baby is down? Do you want – well, they started with gender. Yeah. And they said, do you want to know if the baby has downs or do you want to know if the baby has one of these 12 – chromosomal, you know, abnormalities that, that could lead to something more sinister. And I remember sitting in that when we had to go back because they wouldn't give us the results over the phone. I remember sitting in that meeting. Yeah. Because yeah. it was right around the time of the first scan. Yeah. And I swear at that 12-week scan, A, the only way we could see the baby is with an internal. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I'd Is that called a Doppler or something? Yeah. 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 When she whipped out the the wand, I can't give it any other name. 
Uh, it wasn't magic, honey. No. No. I looked at that. I'm like, crikey, honey. It's, nah, it's, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's more that you have a full bladder and they're poking around. That's right. You had to go in there with a full bladder to get yeah. baby as close as possible to the outside world. Yeah, I think pushing so. Pushing forward. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But um, I don't need someone yeah. pushing down on it with a wand yeah. from the inside. And seeing that, seeing his little heartbeat at 12 weeks. Yeah, wasn't that amazing? I wasn't expecting to suddenly start crying, but I did. Yeah. That was bananas. What The one that really made me weep was, I can't remember, maybe 20 weeks? Yeah. When I saw his brain, when I saw both sides of his brain just like perfectly geometric, like a glorious, like, that's one, that's the one that yeah, really... Yeah, that and his heart and all the organs and stuff working. You're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a functioning... Gastrointestinal... Yeah, he's got a functional renal system. Functional renal system. He's got pee and a bladder. Mm. You know? But his brain. I remember seeing when I when we saw both sides of his brain. Yeah, my heart, my head, everything just. <gasps> so blown away. You right there, Money? Getting on the mic? Yeah. Do you want to burp him? It's okay because I think he's going to go the other side. Yeah. As per usual. Yeah, he's a hungry lad. God, he's massive. Yeah. <sighs> You're telling um, me. Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm. It got to the point where your body was just really, like, I couldn't quite comprehend how I'd known you this whole time. Mm. You know, and I watched your body just become this completely altered thing, you know, that, that your hormones started going in different, you know, hormones that I didn't know existed started showing up and changing the way your body worked and yeah you know you just started you not only the physical shape of you changing but you know that your very ligaments and bones and things repositioning and everything it's extraordinary yeah so i complained a lot more about my sore back <laughs> well i did notice that as we got later in the pregnancy the the massages and back rubs every third night became every second night Became every day, became yes twice a day, became three times a day. Yeah. Why are you just standing there? Why are you, you should not- be messaging me. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. More elbow. <laughs> oh gosh. And then too much, too much. Yeah. When it was really close to time. Yeah. What did you think of that? Like, you know, with all of the changes and the strange un- unbalancing of my front to back. I tried to keep my butt big enough to balance out my stomach, but I don't know if it worked. Um, I guess, you know, I guess, and I've, I've spoken to a couple of guys about this, you know, just the, and now it's just incredible how utterly useless I am and unable to help you or play a role in helping you go through that stuff. You know, I want, want to be there. That's why I was trying to, you know, do the rubbing and the massaging and whatever else I could try and do. Um, I really don't like it when you say that you're useless. It feels like, because, you know, I'm generally a very effective person, I'd like to think. When I decide to do something, I can get it done. But around this, I couldn't do anything. No, well, you can't speed it up and you can't 
change the outcome as such, but you definitely weren't useless. You were very helpful. I couldn't have done it without you. It was, it was your support is is not um, without its worth. Just that kind of unending support, which which made a huge difference to me throughout the pregnancy. Also, the fact that you would happily go and get me ice cream or pies or you just, you know, you didn't judge me too much for eating those sorts of things whenever I felt like it, even though I did have gestational diabetes and you frowned a lot at me. You tended not to be too strict, which has the opposite effect on me I guess with the... And you're not alone in having gestational diabetes in a geriatric pregnancy. I know, right? You know, when you mention it. How cliche. Yeah, but it's like, it's almost like people don't talk about it. And then it, I would, people ask at work, how was Audrey? So, oh, she's good. You know, she's eating really well. Has she got GD? I had GD. Da, 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 and it seems it's quite quite common. Yeah, it's not something that you really hear about. No. Um, but you managed it super, super well. And I think for me, seeing you get the readings on the blood meter mm. and watching how disciplined you were about what you ate and that I'm only going to have this much because there's a croissant with my name on it when yeah. I go to DJ's later. Yep. And you went, mm, and you were saving it. I'm like, okay, I can't do that. I don't really have that kind of self-control, but you do. And I really wanted those croissants mm. and scones and cake. And sure enough, you know, when Wolfie arrived, we had to take his bloods after every feed and he got gold stars. Yeah. And then everyone's in the clear. You managed it so well, so, Thank so you. well. Uh, Probably not, you know, like the dietitian method. Mum, mum did frown upon my um, sacrificing certain things so that I could eat cake. Yeah, your mum is. A, we should mention your mum is a dietitian, yes. retired but yes. clinical dietitian. Yes, who dealt, who set up diabetes clinics in Fiji. Yeah, yes. So she's she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, and she practices what she preaches too, which is even worse. So you can't get cranky with her. But yeah, um, yeah I. If I want to eat the cake, I have to sometimes not eat the rice that goes with my lunch or something. Whatever. Either way, it worked. Yeah. Thankfully. It really did. It yeah. worked Worked really well. It was interesting watching the nesting kick in because I got super busy. For foolishly, I don't know how it happened, but... Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We ended up having... Two, like two TV shows that I was working on at the same time, both coming to an incredibly intense production period around their climax at the same time as um, baby being in this, his last three weeks of gestation. And yeah, Talking I living on the edge had gotten busier and busier and had not ticked things off the wonder list that you'd put on there. Six months beforehand. Mm. Um, yes, I did notice that. Yeah, as far as cleaning out the office and all that kind of stuff. And when the it was interesting watching the nesting thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. What's it feel like? It is. It is out of my control. It's just something that had to be done. Is it like looking at I don't know that desk over there going? Oh man, I really got to clean that up one day. Or is it? I have to clean that today because I cannot rest until it is done. It's the latter. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is when it's your office 
and I'm not allowed to touch the things, it becomes all-consuming and I tried not to rage at you because it was a little frustrating that it's taken that long and I'd only been asking for, you know, the whole time that I was pregnant. Yeah. Because we did find out pretty pretty soon after I... I we did. Told, yeah. We was, told everyone Fiji style. You missed a period, everybody knew. That was it. There was no waiting 12 weeks. No, no. Well, there's no point. Well, just on that, we'll, yeah. we'll, go, back, we'll back to ne- go back to nesting, but just on that, mm. I can understand, like, we both know people that have lost kids, yeah. lost babies within yeah. the first few weeks of pregnancy. I understand why people may want to not have to tell everybody all the time. Yeah. This was my first experience of telling everybody. Well, not telling everybody, but I'd telling. been around people who had, you've got to keep it a secret. Yeah. And this was like, all right, now it made so much sense to me because if, you know, we did lose the pregnancy, mm. I would have felt so supported because everybody knew. Yeah. But I guess it, it depends on your family dynamic as well. If you've got family that would gossip and tell everybody or that would um, make you feel shit about it if you did, you know, not not actually be emotionally supportive, then I can see why you would hold off. But also I think on the flip side of that is that you don't have to go through something so traumatic on your own, mm. um, which is kind of the way that I look at, looked at it. And I think that's the reason why my family is like that. I don't know, both sides of the family are like that. Um, because you're you're supporting someone in their happiness, but you also support them through um, something so, tra- so traumatic as, as losing a child as well. Mm. Yeah. I was grateful for it. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was I was grateful for it, and I felt that it brought us closer. Even I mean, me closer. I mean, your family is obviously very close, and there's a lot of them. But it brought me even closer to them who've already accepted me. Yeah. So well, but it brought me even closer. It oh, was, that's good. Yeah, it was really nice. It was almost like, you know, I've been standing outside the light of the nightclub for a long time, and then I finally got the stamp. So, okay, buddy. Come on in. Is that in your head? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's just... There's definitely that thing from guys. Guys are very much like, welcome to the club. Yeah. 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 Well, now you can all complain together. (laughs) I don't know what there is to complain about. He's incredible. Yeah. You know, every poop is a miracle. Every poop is a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. Good, completely functioning gastrointestinal system. Yes. It's amazing. I love how you look at everything. Well, it's true, though. He's taking and breast milk that was once food that was in our fridge and oh. he's turning it into bits of his body and what's left over is in the nappy. Yeah. I'm just saying I love how you you look at things like poop yeah. and are grateful. It's so great. Mm. I mean, I think that's why everyone should have dogs or cats or have an animal in your life that shits a lot because then by the time a baby comes... The idea of poop that isn't your own, ah, whatever. I think all people, when it's their own children, are fine. You yeah. could be, just wait until he starts eating solids. It's going to be horrific. Oh, I don't know. I've been, I've, close, close friends of mine have recoiled at changing nappies. 
Really? Yeah. Gosh. That's Especially men with daughters. Really? Why? Can't deal with a poopful vagina. Can't deal with it. Don't know what to do. Well, suck it up, princess. You've got to freaking keep that clean. Yeah. Front to back, mate. Front to back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's sad. Yeah, grown men. Yeah, hopefully. Well, yeah. that's just hang-ups, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Um, so when the nest, back to the nesting thing, because yeah. I remember there was one point where you just went, the rubber band just snapped, and you just went for it. Yeah. And you had, it, it, felt, it looked like there were, you just got a great amount of relief. So I just got the fuck out of the way. It's like, yeah, honey, do whatever you got to do. Take everything you want put it in boxes, do anything, I don't care, go. I was very nice to you. You were very nice to me. Yes, I I put, I sorted all the like things and put them in together What's in boxes. Was that Marie Kondo? Yeah. Trust me, if I was Marie Kondoing it, it would be a very different situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that don't bring me joy in, in your desk <laughs> and Don't spark office. joy. Yeah, don't spark joy. So there would have been a lot of uh, donations. But I didn't do that. No. I just put it in boxes for you to go through and decide what, whether you wanted to keep them. So that was helpful. Mm. Mm. And the amount of times I had to keep telling you to go, to go take the things downstairs, not put it back in the cupboard where it came from. Yeah. Let it go downstairs, honey. <laughs> you haven't used this random piece of equipment ever. Yeah. Why are we keeping it in the office? Exactly. Mm. Well, I'm grateful you did as I... Because uh, there's a, a quite a number of women that I, I work in television, so I work predominantly. Do you work with, in television? Yes, predominantly with women. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The cameramen are men. Are they? And the audio operators in my particular workplace are all men, but pretty much everybody produces, editors, executive producers, women. Yes. And when I was describing the nesting, they were all like, "Oh yeah, yeah." There's a and, and someone even said that they were, they were, wouldn't leave for the hospital until there was vacuuming. Yeah, I felt to, I felt that way. There were so many things that needed to be done, so that I could just go, okay, now we can have a baby. Because hmm. otherwise, it has to come back to like chaos, and it's more the mental. It's <laughs> the baby doesn't care hmm. that the house is a mess, but I don't want to walk in and have that mental load of, oh nuts, I forgot to put away these things or there's just this massive pile of rubbish or whatever yeah. stuff that I should have sorted out before. Yeah. Now it's just going to play on my mind when I just want to focus on the baby. Mm. Yeah. We're not a family that does things by halves. No. And uh, we're going to have to move out of our apartment. So mm-hmm. you were looking around and you were finding a house for us to live in. And we had a long meeting with the mortgage guy here. And he left and he said, honey, I've got what feels like cramps. <laughs> they've been happening. <coughs> How long have they been happening, honey? Since about four this afternoon. And this is at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Are they regular? About every 10 minutes, seven minutes. It's <laughs> at 35 weeks. Yeah. That was, that was, um, just goes to show how I don't pay attention to myself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to go, hang on, this has actually been going on for a while. Hmm, maybe I should pay attention to 
like do a little systems check or something. Yeah. So when I did the systems check, I went, oh, that's, yeah, I should probably mention it. But then I wanted to just finish cooking dinner. Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. There was a bit of that. Then I started timing them and they started getting closer together. Yeah. I, I was, I was, um, I wasn't ready. This baby wasn't cooked enough. No. No. 35 weeks. Yeah. Uh, full term's 37, so it wouldn't have been great. No. It, it would have been okay, but it would have been a very different experience to being born at 39 weeks and mm. two days or whatever it was. We called the, we called the hospital and they said, brilliantly, take a Panadol and yeah. see if that makes a difference. Yeah. Well, I guess otherwise it's, you know, everyone's running in without actually, I guess it's a measurable way. Yeah. Because if, if the pain breaks through the Panadol, um, then it's real. It's not just a Braxton Hicks or something Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, that's, well, that's what the um, maternity nurse said to me. Midwife, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That it's a matter of seeing whether or not the, how significant the pain is. Because right. Panadol wouldn't affect an actual contraction. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good test. That's a good test. Mm. So after about 45 minutes, still there. And um, maybe it was because I was reading the Hans Rosling book, um, Factfulness. But I was just, at the time just super present of levels of healthcare in this country versus others. And I just couldn't believe that we'd, we went, we walked right in there like three days after we'd done the ward tour. Yeah. Bear in mind. That was funny. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we walked right in there. There was a room open. They had made ready for you. Yeah. There was a midwife ready. Hey, Audrey, come in. And we sat down. Unbelievable. Yeah. In another country, we'd be sitting in an emergency room for three hours. Yeah, I don't know how that would work overseas, but I am very grateful we live where we live. We live in this country. How, when they, then they put the monitor on you and we're watching, there's this monitor that tests basically how much your muscles are working inside your uterus. Yeah. And they put the monitor on you and we can well and truly see that these are, this is not, this is not a joke. Something's, something's happening. And then like 12 minutes later, our obstetrician standing there in scrubs. Yeah, I know. Which is amazing. Um, you don't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a bit of a signal of yeah. how important the situation was. Yeah. But at the same time, they were, you know, they were prepping me for, okay, you, got, you need to chill out and try not to, you know, get anxious or upset or anything like that this is this is where you're at and um if you were to go into labor this is this is what you know the implications are um everything will be fine just very reassuring which is um what you need to hear i think and yeah he's a very calm man our obstetrician you want your obstetrician to be the calmest person in the room yeah yeah yeah. You don't want it to be like an orthopaedic surgeon who's just like slinging from the hip and just cowboy. 
No, there's a time and place for those sorts of things. Yeah. How did you keep so calm? Because you, I was just going off you. Um, I don't know. It's the Fijian in me? No, I don't know. I don't know. I was quite determined not to have him earlier. And so I figured me getting worked up about this is not going to help. And so I think I compartmentalised it a lot to just focus on staying calm, keeping keeping my cool, not getting run away with ideas and, you know, worst-case scenarios and stuff in my head because that's not going to help me. And to use the cues of the, you know, the professionals around me as, as a guide to whether or not I should be um, worried or concerned. And they, they were, you know, they continued to show that while this is, you know, a possibility, it's we're doing everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen, um, you know, to slow the progression and that I really needed to do my part to help them as well and help baby because otherwise off we go, let's kick off. And I didn't want that. He needed more fattening up. He did. And watching how you kept that calm and watching how you were able to, as you said, trust in the medical professionals around you and just keep your cool and that you were able to so easily, I don't know if it was easy or not for you, but easier than I could have done it by the looks of things. Just keep chill about the whole thing and do your parks. I can, I can understand why if that started to happen and you had my brain, panic could show up very quickly. Mm. And before you know it, your body's just gone into ejection mode and baby could come. Yeah. Well, thankfully, my brain doesn't really do that. Um, I think we're all very grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure... I'm sure there are going to be things that make me panic in, in life, but that was one of the, you know, you take all the factors that are involved and look at, you you know, you're in the right place with the right people, they're doing all the right things, they're, and they're answering questions which I didn't even know I had and if I just trust in that, then I should be okay and baby should be okay. And luckily... Luckily he was, you know. Still pretty full on though, where they, you know, they just come and say, okay, well, um, we don't want baby to come tonight. We're going to do everything we can to make sure baby doesn't come tonight. But if baby does come tonight, um, his lungs aren't quite developed. So we're just going to give you this shot of steroids to give him the best chance uh, if we do see him tonight. Mm. And they're watching them shoot you up and then take these measures just in case and stuff like that was you know they don't do those things if they don't have to no but isn't it amazing that they can do those things oh, incredible you know science and, man and even if he did come along then they can keep him in um, what is it humidity crib. humidity cribs to to help his lungs develop on the outside so it may not be the ideal situation but it's not it could be so much worse. Mm. So there's a reason why they're doing what they do. They know what they're doing. It was in, in extraordinary. Every single step inside the delivery suite and the maternity ward. It's kind of like that joke about 
work workplace or worksite safety or scuba safety, for example, that mm. every every worksite safety rule is written in blood. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a safety guard on the bandsaw because you know someone lost an arm. Yeah. You know, and every single rule is because of an accident that was made a rule made after an accident. And so I just procedure after technique after the, the way they spoke to you, everything, everything, everything was like, wow, someone had to go through something horrible for them to find out that it was a better idea to do what just happened. Like the whole, the whole night. Well, if nothing bad happens, then why would you look to change anything? Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. And I was just lucky that that's yeah. the way it went for us. And then you were on, uh, you were on couch duty, oh, yeah. with all the nesting, yeah. in your blood, with the nesting trying to that burst was, out of your veins. That was that was the traumatic part about the nesting was that I wasn't allowed to do it, and you know when you feel like you're capable, but then knowing that I again have a have an impact on whether or not the baby comes earlier by how I'm behaving at home or how I'm, what is it? I don't know, I can't speak How much, much activity, yeah, basically. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Then, you know, that's it's worth the mental anguish of looking at your office for extra days until I could get Georgia yeah. to help me. Because yeah. I was like, I was on at that point, then I, I calculated I had 21 straight days of booked work. Yeah. Yeah. There was no day, and these are like 14-hour-long days. There was no getting out of it. Yeah. It was, so I couldn't be here to help. We have the most hilarious life. <laughs> I was like, of course it's happening now. Of course of, of course, I can't do any lifting, groceries, getting around, you know, picking up last bits and pieces before baby comes. And I can't ask Osha to do it because he's at work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, mm. and he's uh, very much a, a showbiz baby. You can definitely read a call sheet. Yeah, well, you know, he's been in training for a while. <laughs> on the he is your child. On the the final night or the final day, shooting the grand final of Masked Singer, we took a shooting break in the middle of it. You came along to see, and a it's. Fucking super fun show. Yeah. I'm glad you got to watch me walk out with pyro and dancers. Yeah, it was great. It was, I've never seen you do that sort of stuff live oh, well, in person. And, yeah, I never went to any of the Australian Idol shoots or anything like that. So it was nice to see you in your element. In a great suit. Great suit. Um, Sharp hair. It was so good. Yeah. But you came and it was so great. I was so stoked that you were there. And then we had a shooting break and... You and your mom and G uh, all went home, and then we had a couple more hours of shooting. And in a break between the second to last segment and the very final segment, like we're about to series wrap this whole thing, I go to my dressing room to have a. You know, we got like a fifteen minute break. And I go to have a wee, and I grab my phone because I check my phone when I wee because I'm an idiot. And it's a text from you. Is your baby bag packed? Yeah, it's in the back of the car. Does it need more clothes in it? No, it's heaps. There's enough for four days. Do you need snacks? <laughs> At that point, I called you. <laughs> Are you having contractions? And he said, yes, they're seven minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, this and the seven minutes seems to be a recurring uh, 
thing. Yeah. And I went back inside and I shot another hour of television. <laughs> and I just practised my breathing. Yeah. Mm. That was a heavy night. Well, where were we there? We were 37... Yeah, 37, 30, uh, 37 and a half sort of weeks. Yeah, 37 and a half. So the term is 37 weeks. I thought it was 38. 37. Oh, right. Jeez, I probably should have paid more attention, hey. Okay. We only went down to Metagon to do that class and everything. Mm. It was great, but I fell asleep a lot. That's okay. In the meditation. Oh, good meditations. Yeah. I was really glad we did that, by the way. I was no, super. That, was awesome. and those, that breathing really helped. Mm. But yeah, that night. Contractions. I I f- finish work. I it's the, and it's the final night. Everyone's cracking champagne and high fiving, and I'm I, I'm in a puff of smoke. I'm gone. Bye everybody. See you, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Bye, Danny Minogue. Gotta go. Oh, I felt terrible. I told you to just to hang out. No There's fucking still way. Of time. Could, you got seven minutes. There was heaps of time. So bad. Anyway, uh, they all understood. I just vanished, and um, I came back here, and then uh, six minutes apart. Five minutes apart, um, four minutes apart, pack the snacks. Oh, yeah, all of the cheese. We get to the, Did we, pack the cheese? We, t- we took the cheese that time. Um, we get to the hospital. You had three contractions from the car park in the lift and to the ward. In seven minutes, you had three contractions. So, dawn. And the thing that we learned a lot in that course that we did was that to have a baby, you've got to feel calm, private, and safe. Excuse my, excuse my chocolate. Yeah. It needs to be eaten. No, you're right. I'm sorry. No, you should eat. He's putting on a lot of weight, so therefore those calories are coming from somewhere, and that somewhere is you. So you should eat. This year, chocolate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a timeout bar is... Yeah. Um, Nutritious. Yeah, it's the Cadbury Flake Centre covered in delicious Cadbury milk chocolate. It's the timeout mm-hmm. from podcasting while breastfeeding. <laughs> oh, he's having a nap right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we got there. Yeah. We came straight to the delivery suite. And this time, it, we were pretty much told that after 37, they're not going to try and stop it this time. Yeah. So we got there, mm-hmm. and I think just as she put the monitor on, yeah, and you just had the first contraction, and we see this thing peak harder than it's ever we ever seen it before. She turns and says and goes, "So who is the bachelor? And where's the mansion? And you know, must be fun shooting it. No, I just wanted to talk about work." And I, you know, I'm trying to be polite. But then I see your, see your face change. Mm. And uh, we learned in that course that for labour to take place, the oxytocin has to be flowing. And the one thing that stops oxytocin is adrenaline. And uh, it's fair to say there was a spike of adrenaline. There was quite a spike. Yeah, I was pretty annoyed. Fair enough, too. Yeah. Well, you were annoyed, too. I was. Yeah. Because we'd been in... Oh, there was, other, there was one other time that we went in. We'd been yeah. in you know, one other time. Yeah, don't forget that. Because yeah. we stayed overnight. Yeah, we did. And um, 
apparently there is such thing as uh, what is it pre preterm labour? Pre, no, no, no. That was the first time we were threatened preterm threatened preterm labour. Um, and then the second time was uh, early labour pains. Pre-labouring, she called it. Pre-labouring. Oh, was it? Yeah, you're pre-labouring. Oh, right. Pre-labouring. Who even knew that happened? I thought the only labouring that you did before, you know, the contractions that you would have felt before was just the Braxton Hicks. That's the only thing I'd really read about in our app and what to expect when you're expecting book and all of that sort of stuff. So I was quite frustrated with um, myself for misreading cues and, yeah. So well, I don't think you should be frustrated with yourself because none of those books say... But basically, the, the, the messaging is you'll start to feel contractions. Don't rush to hospital, but when they get closer together, about four minutes apart, mm. it's probably when you should start moving. They don't tell you that when you start to feel contractions to four minutes apart, could be a week. Yeah. They didn't say that part. Yeah, and that they, you know, can dissipate and then come back and yeah. and that it's, yeah, while it's actually having an effect on your cervix or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean you're about to go into labour. No, that would have been handy to know. Yeah. But, um, you know, now I do. Uh, and so for the next pregnancy, which I won't be having, um, <laughs> I'll remember that. But it was every seven to ten minutes for ten days. Yeah, it was, it was a pain in the butt, literally. Quite literally, a pain. In your butt? Because yeah. his head was pushing right up against your colon. Oh, just against everything. This yeah. kid was massive. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very uncomfortable by the end. But by that stage, I was like, until we see him crowning, we are not leaving yeah. for the hospital. Because that, that one night, because there was another time after, there was the time we went in at 35 weeks, then there was another time, and then the time we went in when we thought it was on. Mm. Yeah, I think you got it, hon. I'm a bad vegan because I just used a fly swatter. Um, you could still eat the fly. I could still eat the fly. It's still no a viable source it. of protein. When you got annoyed that this uh, that the person was asking us about work, mm. which is fair enough. Um, boom, you don't feel private. Boom, you don't feel safe. Boom, I'm pissed off. Boom, you're pissed off. And I watched on that machine that last time I'd seen documenting spikes of uh, activity every seven to ten minutes. Flatline. Yeah. You didn't have a contraction for 20 minutes. That was really interesting um, because who knew it was such a powerful link between your mind and your body uh, and, you know, for it to be so visible in the sense that um, we've got a graph mm. of the point where I got annoyed enough for everything to shut down. Fuck this, and I'm not having a baby now. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Let's go home. Yeah. And and what was disappointing was that I already felt like a bit of a hypochondriac turning up to the hospital all the time with false starts. Well, the first one wasn't really a false start. Nope. That was a That was happening. It was just we need to deal with it. So, you know, a couple of days in hospital and that was sorted out. And then the next one it was like, oh, no, it's pre-labor. Off you go. Come back when, you know, your cervix is actually dilated even more like jesus this kid could just fall out but anyway i was actually quite getting in the zone of okay well this is starting and just trying to keep 
that whole oxytocin thing going and breathing and yeah all of that and then I was just so disappointed and so annoyed that within minutes of someone forgetting themselves we were at nothing and Mm. then I was being told no I think this was all just imagine you know it was all just pre-labor and I'm like well I couldn't talk when I called you guys Mm. You couldn't speak to me during the contractions. And I, from everything we've read, it's like when you are no longer able to speak mm. and they take so much of your attention that, okay, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to just concentrate on this. And then you're able to talk again. It's like, right, this is on. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. And we went to all that effort to pack the cheese. <laughs> yeah, we did. And pack the cheese. all of that stuff. And, you know, it was just really disappointing. And uh, then yeah. after that I was like, fuck this, nah. we aren't going back. Nah, yeah. not until not until the babies. You can look them in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, they were pretty great. I gave them a call the next day and I explained to them what happened and they were really, they were very, very apologetic and they were really great the way they handled the situation and our experience there had been extraordinary yeah, up until up then to. and it has been extraordinary since then. And they've been nothing but brilliant and professional. Mm. It was just that, you know. And I, I, I just, I did not realise. We've been told that labour can just shut off, but I didn't realise how fickle it was and how, you know, because we'd also been told about managing and transition from home to hospital and being really careful about don't speed, don't run red lights, don't put your wife under stress, mm. you know, because anything like that can make it all just come to a crashing halt and that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. But I didn't realise how much of a crashing halt and how, and, and how small an amount of adrenaline was needed to shut it all down. Oh, no, honey, I was really pissed okay. off. Yeah, I was getting really pissed off because I didn't like being told, oh, this is probably just pre-labour when I knew what we'd been what had been happening at home Yeah, to be told that and then to have you kind of being interviewed. And I'm like, hang on a second. This is this is not what we're here for. No. You can okay if you want to ask about it. Tomorrow after the baby's born, fine. Even then, I'll still be pissed off at you. But at least my pregnant the labor's not going to stop. But um, it was uncool. And they understood that when mm. I called them the next day. They everybody was understood that what what had happened, and they were very very cool about how they dealt with it. Yeah. Um, well, because it's not expected of no, the, yeah, no. And we have profile. But we're not famous people. You can, you can, don't, please don't say we. You have a profile. I can walk yeah. down the street. Just fine. But, but I'm, you know. I'm just attached to you. I, I appreciate that. But now I understand why Beyonce bought an entire floor of a hospital. Well, look, I would have done that. But with my <laughs> $1,100 in my savings account, yeah. it probably wouldn't have gone very far. Yeah, maybe your other husband, Jason Momoa, could have afforded it, but mm. I can't. Yeah. He never calls, does he? Pardon? He never calls. No, no, he just leaves me to do my own thing, which is nice. Yeah. The odd, I'm always available whenever he's in town. Yeah. The odd text from him keeps, keeps, keeps you tickled, though. It's good. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Um, and so back we went, back home we went for another 10 days of contractions. Yeah. But then, but then I was allowed to nest with impunity. Yeah. Then it was... Do whatever you got to do. 
And I'm pretty sure I think like the next day I was I marched you down to Bronte Beach to get yeah. to breakfast and marched you back up the hill. After spending nearly three weeks of, well, I'll stay on the couch, don't lift anything heavier than two loaves of bread <laughs> to, okay, we're going for a walk and I'm going to basically run you up the hill. Like, this is not fair. I've lost all f- what little fitness I did have and now you're running me around all over the place. This ain't cool. It's funny how quickly you changed. Yeah, but it was that our obstetrician said to us, "All right, let's 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 make a day. If you want to make a day, let's make a day. Let's make sure the baby happens." And so we were. Booked. Well, we had to remember because they were concerned about his sugars and stuff, and the later in the pregnancy, especially for a geriatric with <laughs> gestational diabetes, yeah, that they needed to be conscious of. Baby's sugars. Yeah. During delivery and post-delivery. And so then we were in the situation of like... Now, bear in mind, I also have to say that work was unbelievable to me around this point because mm-hmm. there were some things I I was supposed to be shooting, but I just called up and said, listen, my, my wife's having contractions seven minutes apart and every person from the head of the network down at the... You know, my closest producer, everyone said, don't even worry about it. We'll work around it. Do not come to set. You need to be there. What we're doing doesn't matter compared to what's happening there. And for someone who'll show up to work, I've missed one day of television once on Idol. Yeah, because, well, wasn't that because you were dying? Yeah, I was very, very ill. To not show up when I know that they're shooting. Yeah. was weird for me. Multiple days was weird for me but I can't thank them enough you know they were so good to us because they know you we, we both worked on that show yeah they know you and they were it was incredible how much support they gave us not everybody has that no very lucky really lucky but so Doc said alright I remember in the situation of like when do you want to meet the baby like, how's next Friday pretty good mm. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And so what was interesting psychologically is, yeah, we'd heard stories about women who were in the nesting phase putting the last flower pot or the last, you know, memento on the windowsill of the baby room, boom, contractions start. Yeah. You know, when the woman is psychologically ready, then it's on. And knowing that we were going to have baby Friday no matter what. Yeah. Was around three o'clock in the morning. You woke up. Oh, yeah. Did you just have one? Yeah, big one. 
And, you know, and then that started coming. That's the contractions well, that were coming. No, I, I said, doesn't matter. Unless they keep waking me up, I'm just going to ignore it. Because, yeah. again, learned my lesson. Don't rush off to hospital too soon. And they did kind of die off a bit. Actually, they did really dissipate until we got to the hospital. Oh, they were happening here? Yeah, but nowhere near. No. No, it'd just be like, ooh, what's yeah. that? But, yeah, you're right. When we got to the hospital, again, from when I parked the car, mm. I think the boy knew, all right, it's time. Well, I told him. Yeah, you did, actually. Yeah. And so we got into the room at 8.45 and they strapped the machine on you. Yeah. Again, so we can see exactly how far apart contractions are. And it was on. Yeah. It was quite funny when the... Our midwife had got us all set up, went out of the room for a few minutes, came back and there I am, different position, basically having a quite a, quite a large contraction, quite a big contraction, and she's like, "Oh, oh, okay, we're at right. Well, I'll get I'll get uh, mm. Matthew, who's our, our doctor's name. I'll get I'll go get Matthew, mm. and then Matthew's standing there, and then they both pop out of the room, <laughs> come back, and I'm like. Get my pants off. That I was, need to come off now. That was extraordinary because you were sitting there having this contraction going, oh, ah, and you were starting to make different vocal noises and I could see the midwife who does this five times a day. She was, every time you made a different vocal sound, she'd be, oh, okay. And, but then they all left the room for a second and you just turned to me and you basically said, you've got to take my pants off now. Just take them off right now. My pants have to come off. Do yeah. it. Yeah. And, like, and I couldn't do it because I couldn't lean down because it just felt like it was just going to push everything out yeah. at once. And so. off your pants came. Yeah. And so then well, yeah. the midwife came back in the room. She took one look at you and went, okay, I'll just go tell Matt to not leave. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, that was funny. That was kind of surreal. Yeah. Watching you, I changed, it was very also quite funny because I was just in civvies and you just looked at me and went, you should change clothes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not going to end well for your jeans. No. Or your shirt. So they were great. They, they grabbed me a pair of scrubs, which is really cool because I don't think my clothes could have withstood what you did to them because you were gripping my shirt so hard. Sorry. Don't be sorry, honey. Like, honestly, watching... What did it feel like? What did it feel like when when those things were coming? Because the closest I can possibly imagine is what it's like is when you're like, oh, I'm going to vomit. There's nothing I can do about it. My body's going to do this thing whether I like it or not. Yeah, I guess the best way to for me to describe it would be suddenly losing... I don't want to say losing consciousness, but having... It's almost like going... to. Let's imagine a science fiction movie going to another dimension, right? So you're somewhere else, all alone, um, and just in it, in this whirling... um, I don't even want to use the word pain, but just very consumed by this feeling. And it's got your entire... Like, your entire focus is on that. And then it's like... Oh, we've stepped back through the portal and you're back in the room and there are now different people here and this stuff is going on. 
but you and you were in the room the whole time, but you just weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I would describe it for me. And then it was just ever increasing amount of time in that other dimension um, where your, you know, your sole <laughs> sole purpose is to just try and get to the end of it. Was it pain? Yeah, it is. It is pain, but it's not like. I don't think I cried. Did I cry? Because no. my mascara was still. You on didn't my face, cry, which I thought was a good. You screamed. Yes. I mean, well, you made noises that I've never heard you make. Well, it's probably a good thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up, little man? What's up? Is he on both sides? On the other side? No, he's been asleep this whole time. Oh, got your little squishy face. Just a squishy face. Yeah, maybe you just need to rest from that side. There we go. What was the question? Sorry. Was it pain? Yeah, it's it's pain, but it's like. <laughs> Whoa, a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While it's happening, it's um, you can't get away from it. You can't do anything about it. You just got to get through it. Do you want to get that pillow for you? No, it's fine, thanks. Right. And then... What, are you just going to put Wolfie on the boob? Which, fabulously, in Fijian, the word for it is doo She's opened it up to lots of songs. Yeah, so there's lots of songs. Here comes the boob. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Here comes the boob. And the other one, which is my favourite, in the middle of the night. Doo. Doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Do, 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 do. And I, I, I run him across the room very slowly, do, 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 locked on to the poop. <laughs> yeah, he is like a little shark. Mm-hmm. Very focused with his jumping. Uh, anyway, what were we saying? No, just, to, just like when you were in the contractions, because when we did that course, the calm birth course, they talked about you can see it as pain or you can see it as pressure. And the other thing they said is never... It can never overwhelm you. It can never be bigger than you because this is an energy that has been created by you. Yes. All of those things I didn't actually remember because another dimension. Mm. Mm. But it was helpful to have you remember those things to remind me when I was back in the room. Yeah. And it was really good to be able to look at you. I was like nose to nose with you when you were back and we were breathing. Yeah. Together. I was trying to help you breathe. Was that helpful? Oh, yeah. Totally. Who knew? Who knew that, you know, and it wasn't that stereotypical what you see on the movies, (laughs) that kind of, I don't know, would that ever work with anyone? I don't know. Um, So Mm. it was just that measured breathing that really helped. Mm. It helped me. Yeah, for sure. Five in, five out. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was screaming. Yeah, I think. And, yeah, mm. and as the contractions came, just watching you, just transform. You know, watching your body just. Honestly, honey, watching you do that, I don't know. And I, I think I, I was just kind of gibbering for the next few days, talking to you like I don't know any man that could watch their wife do that and not be profoundly changed for the rest of their relationship. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you're a different kind of man because you can recognise it for what it is, I guess. 
not everyone's so present to that sort of stuff. It was extraordinary watching what you did. It, there's nothing physical in a man's life that comes close to that. You can show me all the Arnold Strongman stuff you want. I've know I know guys that have done ultra marathons and there's there's nothing that a man does in his life that equates to what you did. Nothing. Well, what women do. Yeah, what women do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And have done for thousands and thousands of years. Well, that's that's lovely to hear. It was lovely to hear, but at the same time, I didn't really recognise it as something that was extraordinary because it's I'm not the first person to do this. No, but I I guess I just I just never knew that you had that inside you, Neither that did power I. to do that and to create a human being who's now in your arms. Yeah, he's a fully functioning. You know, ticks all the boxes. Poop machine. Sure is. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, and it's full on, you know. Yesterday you saw me. I'm holding him in my arms and I'm yeah. just wanting to cry because I'm like, I can't protect him from everything. Mm, <laughs> welcome to parenthood. Yeah, well, I felt that way about G, you know, and I feel that way when she goes off to a gather or a party or whatever. I'm bye, have fun. <laughs> See you at 11. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But now you've got two. Yeah. It's lovely seeing her and him together. Yeah, that's really sweet. She is besotted. Yeah. Mm. He's lucky he's cute. Why? <laughs> Aren't you besotted? I'm completely besotted. Yeah. I'm besotted with both of them, watching her read him stories. Yeah. Meh. They got you good. Real good. Yeah. It was interesting not having a name for him for a couple of days. Wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. I like his name. Oh, me too. I think it suits him. I believe it does. Mm. We had to look at, we had to wait for him to open his eyes so we could clock him and see who he was. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important thing, a name. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I said it to you. I'll line that right up for you, honey. I appreciate that, babe. I appreciate it. How are you finding the... He's got no sense of time. Oh, no, he's got perfect sense of time. He sleeps through the day, he's up all night. Right. Yeah. Likes to party. Wolfie Ginsburg celebrity boob party tonight <sighs> from 11. God. It's fine because at least I get to have a little sleep in in the morning when he in that crossover period. Yeah. I have actually been looking, like, I watch the clock and go, oh, it's four o'clock. I should be able to get two hours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, of course, I get sick and all the rest of it. Yeah, you've got this lung thing going on. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Sinus. Ugh. And, uh, I, yeah, I just think it's amazing watching how he gives you signals of I need this much milk and I need the milk to be this and your body goes, okay. And because when the milk, when you express the milk and we're saving it, it changes colour and, mm. you know, it's changing consistency as his needs change. Yeah. It's incredible. No, right, humans. We should um, 
be a little more, I think, a little more aware of, of just how well put together humans are. Yeah. How, how we're, we're a well-oiled machine. We're not the first, you know, this has no. taken many, many, many hundreds of years. Is that That's right? Hundreds thousands. of thousands. Let's say millions. millions. Evolution's not quick. Did you say millions? Yeah, I'd say know. millions. Okay, let's go with millions. Yeah. Millions of years to get to this point where, you know, the baby is placed inside a sack that is fed through the placenta and which I've been, which protects it, but also provides it with all of these things. And yeah. you know, then it comes out and you can still find the nipple. That was amazing. Feed. Watching him find your nipple, the things that he was hard hardwired to do. Yeah. This is written in his source code. Yeah. Finding your nipple, turning his head when he spits anything up. His walk reflex, his step reflex at six days. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that when I saw the placenta, that was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's pretty full on, isn't it? Yeah, that you like a- not only did you grow this baby, you grew a placenta which is I don't know, it was about a quarter of the size of him. It was huge. And this extraordinary structure, this perfect structure that kept him alive and safe yeah. and protected. It looked like tree roots. It did. It looked like tree roots. Mm. That was the most amazing part. Yeah, things that just get pattern, uh, like patterns and stuff that get repeated through nature. Nature. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, I have such reverence around it, you know, and particularly, you know, to get spiritual for a sec when it comes to the sobriety fellowship that I'm a part of, they, you know, you're looking for a higher power and mine has always been exactly that. The nature. Nature yeah. and the extraordinary laws of the universe that govern us all. And seeing that, that was just face-to-face was divinity. It really was that your body knew how to create this thing to keep this boy alive. Yeah. And you didn't learn it. Nope. Didn't go do a course on that one. Nope. That your body just knew how to do it. Yeah, it just does it. And still, and his body knows how to do things. Every day I see him do stuff like, my goodness, no one's taught him that. Yeah. He came out knowing that. Yeah. I wonder how it's many almost just unlocking little keys. Yeah. Unlocking, yeah, doors for him. Yeah. So he can progress. So all we have to do is the next 40 years. years. <laughs> Well, okay, no, that'll make me nearly 110. Yeah, yeah. So let's not do that. That was Mark. That was Mark Holden's line when he when I texted him to say that we were having a baby. Mark Holden wrote back, going, "Congratulations! Don't worry, only the first 40 years are the hardest." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just ask my parents; they can't get rid of me. (sighs) (laughs) I'm still here getting them to make me toast. (laughs) Look, as as incredible as as it was to watch you when we were on that adventure in Disneyland. You, me, and G, and I watched the way you mothered her, and I just fell completely, completely in love with the two of you at that point, that mm. moment. Watching you every day with him, and watching G every day with him, I'm just so blissed out. Me know. too, watching you, and all the songs, the silly songs that you sing to him, even when you call him Frankie. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that was funny. You're so tired. So tired calling him the dog's name. I'm not the first guy to do that. I'm sure. No. That's all right. You also called him a girl, but that's okay. That's fine. He won't remember. No. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. You know, I know I'm, being back on meds has helped um, me do this part. 
because mm. I can see how kind of easily it would be. To, and I was pretty overwhelmed the first few days. Of being on meds? No, 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 having being oh, in the world. Oh, right, yeah. You know, because everything oh. that I'm worried about the world is now even more pressing. And fuck, how are we going to fix it? This boy's got to have a world to live in after you and I are gone. Yeah. But something about the smell of his head, something about spending time with him, makes it feel less like a black hole and more like no matter what, there'll be possibility. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's the shampoo. <laughs> we didn't bath him until he was five days old. I know. No, I, look, it's. I'm glad that that's where your brain is going rather than... Um, into the depths of despair because it could you could easily go that way as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's he needs us to keep it together and and basically prepare him for life, whatever that looks like for him. The future. Mm. Yeah. Because we can't fix all the problems in the world at all. You know. That would be arrogant for us to think that we could, yeah. And you'll be you'll fight a losing battle there, but if you get him resilient, help, help him to become resilient and aware and kind, then hopefully he's prepared for adulthood and facing whatever comes his way. But right now, as long as he's got a boob or two, one or two, he's not fussy. He'll be happy. And that's what we can do, one day at a time. Don't you reckon? I, I reckon. And I love you so much. I love you too. Honey. And I'm so grateful that I found you. I'm, I'm grateful that you allowed it yeah. into your life I'm allowed grateful me you, into your life you, as, you know, as you sat in that chair and told me a year ago I'm grateful you bullied your way in <laughs> because mm. I wouldn't be having this experience with you I was way too scared to do this before I met you oh no you're such a great dad it would have been a waste yeah it's been 12 days give me time <laughs> <laughs> just watching you now honey I know you're going to be a great dad oh. You, you already are. Yeah, you're far more patient and forgiving and and loving than I am. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for showing me. You, you find poop to be amazing. It is. It's magical. Every single... This boy right here, he was once food you ate. Every atom that I'm looking at I once, I probably sat with you and watched the food go into your mouth. Probably. And those atoms created this boy. Do you reckon he's made out of KFC? Oh, you ate pretty well through the pregnancy. Yeah, that's true. I didn't eat any KFC. No, you didn't. Um, well, it's probably, that's why he's so delicious. He's made of cake. <laughs> <laughs> he's made of cake. I love you. I love you too. That was Audrey Griffin. You can find her on Instagram at Audrey Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-E-N. 
I have to say a massive thanks to our incredible midwife, Vicky, and our doctor, Matt, who couldn't have been more professional or more experienced when the time came to bring Wolfgang into the world. Watching those two guide Audrey through what was clearly an incredibly difficult moment in her life was uh, extraordinary, and I'm, I'm really grateful that they were there for us. We ended up staying in the hospital for about four days, just getting used to having the baby around. Um, the whole team at the hospital were just 100% brilliant. They really looked after us, and even remembering that I was vegan and celiac and made sure that the gluten-free wheat bix came for breakfast in the mornings, which was super sweet. A massive thank you to Rachel Barrett, my show producer, and Lauren Miller, my manager, who helped me get to 300 episodes, Andy Ma, my audio producer, who has tirelessly edited and created these shows for a few years now, and to Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider, who never fails to come up with the goods when I hum a melody into my phone for a new theme song and he sends me what you heard earlier about a day later. I'm super grateful for working with such a great team. So there we go. Episode 300 done and dusted. Here's the 300 more. I'll see you on Friday uh, for a quick chat and next week for episode 301. Before we go, something extra special for you because you waited all the way to the end. A few moments after Wolfie was born, I hit record on my phone. This is our son Wolfgang, 30 seconds into his life on this earth. Audrey and I are saying our first words to him and me cutting the umbilical cord. I'd like to thank Audrey for being okay with me sharing this moment with you. We thought it was something special that you might like to hear. Until we speak next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hello, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 